Hey everybody, welcome and Merry Christmas. For those who don't know me, my name is Raymond. I've been a member here since the church started back in 2008, so almost nine years. This is actually the second anniversary of gathering here in this building. It was two years ago, that Sunday right after Christmas, that we started meeting here. Um, and, and I've been a pastor here almost as long as I've been a member, so pretty much since the church started. Let me pray as we get started. If you've been with us, then you know that we've been going through the book of Judges. We're doing a series here we're calling the 12 Judges of Christmas. And we're actually going to continue that this morning. We know it's a special occasion, but we're going we're to pick up right where we left off in the book of Judges chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, open them to Judges chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. And let me pray, and then we'll get started. Father, we ask that you would open our hearts, open our ears, open our minds, Lord to hear your word, and to remember Jesus Christ, even as we continue to go through the book of Judges. We ask all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, so far, we've, we've heard a lot about some of the more famous judges in, in that book. So we've, we've taken some time to look at the lives and stories of Ehud and people like Deborah, and already we've seen Gideon, and later we'll get some other famous judges like Jephthah and Samson. Today... It's, it's probably safe to say you've not heard very much about these guys, all right? So I'm going to read Judges chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, and it goes like this. After Abimelech, there arose to save Israel Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo, a man of Issachar, and he lived at Shamir in the hill country of Ephraim. And he judged Israel 23 years. Then he died and was buried at Shamir. After him arose Jair, the Gileadite, who judged Israel 22 years. And he had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. And they had 30 cities called Havath Jair to this day, which are in the land of Gilead. And Jair died and was buried in Cainon. That's it. That's, that's, that's our Christmas text. In fact, I, you, you, uh, you probably did not know when you came here this morning that we were going to make a little bit of history here. I, I think it's pretty safe to say in the history of the gathered church, no one has ever used this as a Christmas morning text. <laughs> Welcome to Redemption Hill, everybody. We, do, we go through the Bible. This is where we are. So here's... A, Speaking of judges, I, uh, I think my favorite judge is this one I heard about this week. I think this is over in London somewhere. It was around Christmas time, but he, he had a, a case. He was just presiding over his courtroom like normal, and this young teenage boy came up, and, and the, the arresting officer came up with him. You know how that goes, and, and the judge looks at the arresting officer and says, what's the charge? And he said, uh, early Christmas shopping, Your Honor. Early Christmas shopping. Speaking of making history, the judge thought, he said, well, is, is this some kind of a joke? The officer said, no, Your Honor. Early Christmas shopping, that's the charge. <laughs> so the judge, was, the judge was not in the mood, understand, for wasting time in his courtroom. You know how judges are. Any judges in here? Right, you, know how, you know how judges are. I can say that then. You guys know how, we know how judges are. But he, he just looks at the officer and says, look, I, early Christmas shopping Last I checked, that's not a crime. I, I don't appreciate you wasting this court's time. How early a man decides to do his Christmas shopping 
is none of this court's business. And quite frankly, officer, it's none of yours either. And the officer said, Your Honor, please, I understand. Normally that's the case, but, but this is different. The judge wasn't having it. How is this different? How early did this guy actually start doing his Christmas shopping? The officer looked at the judge and said, uh, Before the store opened. Ah, uh, oh man. I thought it was funny. I, I, you know, in this case, that's a little bit too early, right? Just before, you get it, before the store opened. You get it? Yeah, there you go. Anyway, anyway, I say all of that to say this. Sometimes you, you need to take a little closer look at the details to understand why something is, is relevant to us, yeah? For instance, look at our passage. Judges chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. What in the world does that have to do with us or with Christmas? Tola, Jair, some guy with 30 sons riding 30 donkeys, uh, or Tola. Look at Tola, chapter 10, verse 1. Looking a little bit closer, we see some details. And Robert Greene was helping me to see this this, this past week as we, as we talked about what, what are we going to do with this text. <laughs> verse 1, we're told a couple of things about Tola that are really important this morning. We're told whose son he is. He is the son of of Pua. And secondly, we're told that after Abimelech, after much suffering of the people under Abimelech, he arose to save his people Israel. He is introduced to us as someone who is the son of a very important person. We know whose son he is, and we know that he arose to save his people. Friends, that is exactly how Jesus is introduced to us. We know whose son he is. The Bible goes out of the way to tell us whose son Jesus is. And it tells us that he also arose upon the scene to save his people. Now let's go and let's get a, a few more details about his story. And we'll start in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 verse 26. Just listen. It may or may not come up on the screen, but listen closely and you can find it in your Bibles. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. He was of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Verse 34, Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. The Son of God. Now, if you know much about the details of Jesus' life from the Bible, in just a few chapters, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus will be walking into the synagogue, a little gathering just like this. He'll take up the scroll of Isaiah, go to the place that we now know to be Isaiah chapter 61, and he would read a small passage from there and give the sense of it, and the people were all amazed. And they said in Luke 4.22, is this not 
Joseph's son. That's how they knew him, Joseph's son. That's how he grew up. And legally, of course, he was Joseph's son. But if you know all the details of Jesus' story from the Bible, then you know that this idea of being Joseph's son was the last thing that Joseph himself would have believed when Jesus was first introduced to him. In Matthew chapter 1, we get a little bit more detail of the drama surrounding Jesus' announcement and his birth. In Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, we read this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, we're not told exactly what takes place between verse 18 and verse 19. But I imagine, and you all can imagine with me, that there was a conversation. (laughs) Before they came together, Mary was found to be with child. And can you imagine she, she one day... Joseph discovers this. She tells Joseph, Joseph, we're expecting a child. Now, Joseph understands, and he asks questions of his own. And Mary begins to explain to him. Now, you put yourself in Joseph's place. <laughs> Have you ever seen Saturday Night Live? It, it reminds me of the, the Black Jeopardy uh, category. Mm, I don't know. Uh, Listen, just put yourself in Joseph's place for a minute. Mary is talking. He's not hearing a thing. Joseph, no, look, uh, I'm telling you, there was a visitor. Oh, yeah, you know, I I figured that out. No, no, and Gabriel, the angel. I don't know Gabriel, but he he doesn't sound like an angel. These are real people. But by the time this is finished, Joseph draws his own conclusions, and the woman he loves and is planning to marry, he believes he can no longer trust her to tell him the truth. And in verse 19, being a just man, he decides to put her away quietly. He loves her enough that he wants to spare her from public disgrace. But he's drawn his own conclusions about this whole Christmas story. To use a trending term, it sounds to him like fake news. But here's, here's all I really want to tell you today. And I want to, specifically to the one or two who may still be skeptical about this whole Jesus thing. Maybe you're the one who hears this and to you it's all still a fairy tale. Just like it was for Joseph the first time he heard it. Our heart's prayer for you this morning is that you would get to verse 20 as well. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Here's what it says. After Joseph had resolved to put her away quietly, verse 20, but as he considered these things, behold, Joseph received a visitor of his own. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Doesn't say it was the same angel, but an angel of the Lord, a messenger, appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, Now it's your turn. 
Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Here's why. For he will save his people from their sins. Joseph, skeptic, don't be afraid to believe this. Don't be afraid. This is not fake news. It is good news. It is the gospel. Jesus, this is all real. This is not just an excuse to have fun exchanging presents and decorating houses. This is real. God sent his son into the world to save his people from their sins. And, and, and as I thought about this and prayed coming to this moment, my heart just beat wildly in my chest for those who maybe are still holding on to their sins. Unforgiven. Simply because they find themselves in the not-so-unique position of saying, this is hard to believe. Look, God knows that. It's hard to believe. You know, you know, you know, he knows that so much and he's so convinced about that. Do you know what he does? Well, what did he do for Joseph? He sent him a messenger. He doesn't expect us to come to the place of believing this on our own. He understands it's hard to believe. And he sends you a messenger. Not the same one he sent to Mary. Not the same one he sent to Joseph. <laughs> it's me this morning. Little old me. I didn't believe this 20 years ago. Not in a way that changed my life anyway. But 20 years ago, it's as if the help that I needed to come to Jesus Christ in a way that rightly responds to the fact that he came to us, the help that I needed came to me that day. And I found myself believing. And you know how you know when you really believe this stuff? Not just agree to the ideas. You know how you know? It changes the way you live. When you really believe the Christmas story, it changes the way you live. It, it doesn't just throw you into commercialism. It doesn't just throw you into celebrating friends and family alone. That's great, and go ahead and do it, and, and you know, don't get too far into the commercialism, but enjoy buying gifts and giving gifts. And it, that's great stuff. You know, God is a, a giver. You can't outgive the guy. But, but do you understand what I mean? Your life changes. Your life changes. Look at Joseph. What happened to him? His plans for the future changed. He had decided to go one way. It changed. Why? Because he believed what God said 
about Jesus. It's no different for us. And when, when this really sinks in, one of the, one of the biggest changes that happens is, especially for those of us who have believed now for a long time, you start to celebrate Jesus today from the bottom of your hearts. You take moments throughout the day, even as all of the other stuff is going on, and you say, God, thank you so much for Jesus and sending him not just into the world, but into my life. Thank you for granting to me that I might be able to believe what is so hard for others to believe. Lord, I know that you have done that and I am so grateful to you. Would you help all of my friends and family members who do not yet believe, help them to believe as well. And so one of the ways I'm gonna call us as, as, as a pastor here, I'm gonna call us to respond in a way today to the grace of God at Christmas that has changed our lives. I want us to demonstrate that our lives have been changed today by letting it shape what we do now in quietly praying for those that we know have yet to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and who perhaps are afraid to take him as their Savior because of what they think other people might think about them. Take 30 seconds to pray and then I'll I'll close out in prayer here and then we'll we'll also celebrate in in a different way and I'll explain that. Lord, as we pray quietly, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for giving us relationship with him that we can celebrate. And heavy on our hearts at this moment are those near and dear to us who do not know him. He may be many other things. He may be the son of Joseph. But for some reason, we we can't see that he is the son of God. And beyond that, we can't see how much we need him to save us from our sins. But just like you helped Joseph to see all of this, you helped us to see it, We believe that you can help our friends and our loved ones to see it as well. And we believe that you can help us to celebrate Christmas the way that heaven wants us to celebrate Christmas. We thank you so much. We ask you to help us with all this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.